This episode is sponsored by Rulin Group. There are four gifts I've received over the years that really stood out, and the common link between all of them is each one was sourced through the Ruling Group. If you want to deliver amazing gifts that capture people's attention, go to GiversEdge.com to learn more. Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode of the Grow My Revenue Business Cast, we're going to be talking about building trust with our customers. And let's face it, we're all in the business of trust, and we're going to talk about how we do that through honesty, through listening, and respecting time. So we're going to dive right into this, and a lot of my experience that I'm going to talk about in this case has to do with a recent vacation that we took down in Mexico. Um, I went with my family to this amazing resort called Vidanta in an area called Nuevo Vallarta, which is right adjacent to Puerto Vallarta. Beautiful property. I guess it's about 700 acres and just amazing customer service throughout. And there were a few examples that I'll have where they really did a great job of building trust in some areas where they didn't do such a great job at all. And I think there's some solid business lessons for us each to gain from the experience that we had there. So first, as many of you probably know, my son's got celiac disease, which means he can't eat anything with gluten in it. And before the trip, we sent a note saying, hey, look, here's the situation. Are we safe eating there? Should we bring our own food? Is everything going to be okay? And they assured us everything would be fine. And they communicated throughout the property so that every dining venue we went to did an amazing job with this throughout our trip. And there's this market in the center of the complex and it's this great little um, this little feel for this for this whole little building that has not even a little building. This whole building is multi levels with different types of shops and stores and a little market. And they have a deli area and all sorts of fresh produce and these baked items, these pastry items. And in this center area where they have these um, where they have pastry items and chocolates. They have French macaroons. Well, French macaroons are made with almond flour. Almond flour doesn't contain gluten. When we asked them when we got there, listen, is there anything here that's gluten-free? They spoke with one another, the, the women who were there, and they said, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can definitely eat these, these French macaroons. They're gluten-free. And my wife knows, because she, can, she makes these also, that the ingredients are generally gluten-free. So our son was eating these French macaroons every night for dessert. He didn't want to eat dessert at the restaurant. Even though the chef was making these special gluten-free desserts for him, he didn't want that. He wanted the French macaroons. So we go into this plaza, this, this market, on the third day we're there. And Antonio, the manager, comes over to me and says, Mr. Altman, can I talk to you for a second? And I said, sure. He said to me, I don't know how to tell you this, but I spoke with the manufacturer in the facility where they make these, and they don't only make the French macaroons there. They also have other baked items and pastries there. So even though there are no gluten-free ingredients, there is a chance of cross-contamination, which for someone with celiac disease is a really big deal. So at first I want to know, is your son okay? I feel horrible. And I just want you to know that maybe they're not safe. Um, What can we do? The interesting thing is, by him sharing with me bad news, what I knew right away was that this was incredibly uncomfortable for him. 
he felt horrible, but it was more important for him to tell me the truth than it was for him to tell me what I wanted to hear. And it made me trust everything Antonio said to me for the rest of our trip. If Antonio said, yes, this is safe, I knew it was. There were ingredients that weren't marked gluten-free in their store that he said, yep, I know this is gluten-free. There were ones that said seen gluten on them, which is Spanish for gluten-free, that he said, you know, they say this, but it's not certified like it is in the States. I don't know that I would trust it. The guy was above and beyond over the top on everything we needed. So the lesson there is that, remember, you it's okay to give people bad news. And in fact, by him telling me bad news, it made me trust everything else he was saying. So sometimes a customer will ask you, well, can you guys do these three things? And maybe two of them you can do really well, but the third one, not so much. And you're afraid that you might lose the deal by saying what you can't do. What I will tell you is that it's okay. Be honest about where you can help and where you can't help. And by acknowledging the areas that you may not have the answer on, your customer will have a greater trust in everything else that you've said. The second area that I want to talk about is in this area of listening. So, as you may have read, I just got this new car, or just ordered this new car, this Tesla Model S, and it arrives next week. So, I have no need anymore for the XM satellite subscription that's in my current car. So, I called up XM Radio, and I said, yes, I'm selling my car. The new car I'm getting doesn't have XM Radio, because the Tesla has built-in Wi-Fi and I don't need it. So I'm just, you know, I, I need to cancel my subscription. And the person on the other end of the phone says, oh, Mr. Altman, well, I can give you this special rate, and then we can transfer it to your new car. And I thought, I just told him my new car doesn't have it, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. No, my new car doesn't have it, so I just need to cancel it. And he says, well, what if we give you an even bigger discount? And I said, well, it's an interesting approach, but... I don't have a device that plays XM radio, so I don't exactly need a subscription for it. And while we're at it, I'd like to cancel this other account because I don't get the sense you guys are listening very well, so I just assume cancel the account on this other car that we have also. And the sales rep, Mark, says, well, no, no, um, you could transfer both of those to new cars. And it was so frustrating to me because... This guy didn't get it. And finally, I said to him, I said, which part of I'm selling the car and my replacement vehicle doesn't have XM radio, don't you understand? Because I don't need something, a piece of software to run on a non-existent device. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But by them not listening, and I can tell you, the guy was just going through a script. Well, when they say this, you say this. When they say that, you say this other thing. And so they haven't been taught to process or, or listen to the customer. They've just been taught to read a script. And I will tell you that for several years, I would call XM when our account was expiring and say, I want to cancel the account. And they would say, oh, we can give you the special rate for 12 months. And it's, I don't know, it's like $8 a month. And I would say, no, thank you. And they would say, well, we can do this for five months at $25. And invariably, I would say, yeah, whatever, for five bucks a month, sure, I'm in. And the funny part is that I said to them, I said, you know, 
on the on the other car, I would extend it at the five dollars a month for twelve or even twenty four months. But just mentally, if I know we're not using it, five bucks, sure, I'll pay for something we might use. But beyond that, I don't really care. And they just weren't listening, and they don't get it. And I think that's why their market share continues, at least from what I can see, to erode. The last thing and probably the most important thing I want to talk about in this episode is time and respecting your customer's time. I often hear salespeople say, oh, I just need five minutes to speak with you. And then they'll brag to me and they'll say, hey, listen, you know, you know, we, we agreed we'd only spend about a half hour, and an hour and a half later, we were still going. Let me explain to you why that's dangerous. While we're at this amazing resort, we agreed to sit through their timeshare presentation or vacation ownership presentation, their sales presentation. And you might wonder, why the heck would I do that? Well, this is the business I'm in, so I live for this stuff. Uh, My wife thinks I'm totally nuts, but she just smiles watching me because I'm just taking notes and taking all this in and seeing all the mistakes that people make. And it's somewhat entertaining for me. And I will tell you that these guys actually gave a better presentation than most. It was actually pretty compelling. They made a huge mistake, though. And that is that what they said to get us to attend is they said, look, here's all these things we'll give you. And all you need to do is come to a 60-minute presentation. So we'll, we'll first do breakfast, and then it's a 60-minute presentation. And so we're meeting at 8.30 in the morning. It was our first day there, and I knew our kids would still be sleeping, so it was fine. So we'll meet at 8.30, we'll have breakfast, and then after breakfast, we'll sit and go through this. So I told our kids, like, we'll be back by 10.30. Because I knew we'd get there at 8.30, we'd have breakfast till about 9.15, and then I'd give them an hour. And at 10.15, we'd be done, and then we'd get back, and we could enjoy the vacation with our family. And so when I first got there, one of the managers said, oh, well, you know, it's going to be a few hours. And I said, whoa, whoa, what you guys said to me is that it's an hour. So I'm committing that I'm going to give you an hour. He said, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So anyhow, we meet with the, the salesperson, who was a delightful young man, They do a lot of old school stuff, but fundamentally, it's not a bad presentation. It's not a bad product. In fact, it's a great product. And so we started with this guy at 9.15 after breakfast. And at 10.15, he's still talking. And at 10.30, he's still talking. And at 10.45, he's still talking. And he looks at me and he says, so so Mr. Altman, so what do you think about this? And of course, they present one offer. I said, no, I'm not interested. And instead of asking why not, they then come back with a different offer and a different offer and a different offer. And finally, I said, well, see, here's the problem I have, guys. The problem is that I don't trust you. See, you told me that it was going to be one hour that we were going to spend together in our meeting. And when we hit that hour, you didn't say, Mr. Altman, we agreed we'd spend an hour. If this is interesting to you... It's your choice. Are you okay if we continue, or should we stop now? And in most cases, people would say, oh, just keep going. But you have to get permission to spend more time than you bargained for. So I said to this guy, I said, look, here's the problem I have. We agreed that I would give you an hour of my time, and I told you, because you asked, that I would give you an open mind I would listen to what you said, and I would be honest with you. And what I'm telling you right now is that 
because you violated the time that we agreed we would spend, I know that you don't have any problem lying to me. So I don't know what else you've lied to me about, but I'm sure there's more. And based on your face, you don't seem to care that you lied about it. So my guess is if you lie about other things, you're probably not going to care about that either. The funny part is, then, he, then I said, so we're done. I just need to get whatever documentation so that we can be on our way. And then the manager comes over and says, oh, so Mr. Altman, so why wouldn't you do this? And I said, well, it's real simple. See, here's what you agreed to. You agreed that we would spend an hour, and I agreed we'd spend an hour. And now you've taken more time than that. And the manager looks at me, and he says, but Mr. Altman, do you think anybody actually decides to do this stuff and spend this much money in only an hour? And I looked at him and I smiled and I said, you're absolutely right, which tells me that you know when you're asking people to spend an hour that it's actually going to take a lot more to accomplish what you want. And that tells me that you're starting the relationship being dishonest. And now I'm even less inclined to do business with you than I was 10 seconds ago. So how much more of your time and my time do you want to waste Because at this point, I'm just thinking with all these other people in the room, I should probably start raising my voice so other people might hear the same thing. To which he said, oh, we can be done. I'm sorry. Um, Let's just just be done. Anytime you talk to a client and you say, I only need five minutes. I'm going to come out and meet with you for 20 minutes. It's going to be an hour. It is critical that at the beginning of the meeting, you reconfirm how much time you're going to spend. And let's say you said, I only need 20 minutes. And they're talking about their situation. And they're, and they're getting really excited about it. And they're, they really feel like you can help them. And you agreed to 20 minutes up front. And now you've hit 20 minutes. Your job is, as you approach 20 minutes, to say, excuse me, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. You and I agreed we'd spend 20 minutes together. And I don't want to take more of your time without your permission. Is it okay if we continue? Because I'm fine with my schedule. By simply doing that, you will stand out compared to the competition. You will build trust with your customers so that they know that you're always operating with integrity. Don't brag that you got more time that you bargained for unless you get the customer's approval to get that additional time. So remember, and I always like to finish with a little recap for you on this, on this episode and all the episodes on a recap of what you can put to work. So remember, this is all about building trust. First, you want to make sure that you're honest, and that doesn't mean just sharing the good news, but in some cases, the bad news. And sometimes the bad news actually will help build trust about everything else that you've said. Because when you say what you can't do, the customer will trust more what you said you can do. You want to make sure that you're listening. So don't just go through a script. Don't just go through the motions. You need to be an active listener and make sure that you're being responsive to what your customer needs. And then finally, when it comes to time, don't violate the time your customers agreed to give you. Confirm it at the beginning of your appointment. And then what you want to do is follow up along the way with your customer to make sure that if they start to push up against that time frame that you say, hey, listen, should we reschedule a follow-up or are you okay moving forward? Remember, this program gets all of its direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic you want me to cover, if there's a guest you think I should have on the show, please just drop me a note at ian at ianaltman.com. 
I'd love it if you would subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, share it with your friends. That's the way that we get more people that we can have an impact for. And it's really a way that helps us know that we're making an impact for other people. You can, of course, always visit ianaltman.com and get more information and any questions that you've got. There's a ton of videos, articles, and things like that. My articles in Forbes and Inc. Any topics you'd like to see, let me know. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.